0: Welcome to Classic Mistake, the podcast that celebrates the human side of classical music. In other words, fails. I am Sarah Hansonoko, the host of our very first episode, The Sarahs. This episode features stories from myself and the other founding member of Green Banana Flute Studios, Sarah McDonald. We're both professional flutists in Calgary, Alberta, and you can find out more about us at gbflutes.com. First up outdoor fails so we were planning this chamber music festival in Nanton Alberta that one day I'd love to bring back but that's a side note um and to advertise for what we were doing we went what was it was it like a like a market or a fair like Nanton like, days or Nantin, something like that like the whole down, yeah people know were out and there was a little stage set up and we um, you know offered to play. Outside to give people sort of a little taste of what we were gonna do, and we had electronics, so it was for two flutes and electronics. So we had like it set it flute up with versus the versus flute. Yes, we set it up with the sound system, and everything was perfect. It was a beautiful day. We watched the performers before us, which were all probably like country music singers, um, and we set up our flutes, and then out of nowhere. This just like extreme windstorm blows it was a in. a dust storm. It was a dust storm. Just like from nothing to like hurricane force winds. <laughs> and we tried. We tried.
1: But to the dust. I remember it. the dust
0: was spraying yeah. in the
1: eyes. <laughs> and I had literally. That is the first time my gold flute had come out of the case since being overhauled. <laughs> and I was like.
0: It's why did being... we bring our real flutes to these events anyways and yeah and then and then some of these like really nice gentlemen were trying to hold up our because our not only was the music blowing off like the the stands were blowing <laughs> off the stage so they were trying to hold the music up. we find, and then people were just kind of leaving because you couldn't even sit there terribly in the crowd because you're just getting pummeled by sand yeah anyways that was like maybe the worst performance like of my entire life perhaps it's it was quite possible yeah. <laughs> yeah it was really bad <laughs> hilariously bad
1: i was out playing a wedding in banff because you know they're like it's good money yeah. it's cash you sit there and pl- play a couple of tunes yeah. and you're done but i uh i had my stand i've learned first of all just not to play for weddings outside or like ever They they just never go well i know it's never good um Anyways, I was outside, brought my stand, had to weight it down with like bricks or something. And I had clothespins for my music, but it was so very windy that the wind just blew my music across this field. And I'm running, chasing music. (laughs) I had, I played another wedding. I don't remember who, but my mom was there. So it must have been for people that are part of the family. And the wind, you know how sometimes the wind just like blows your sound away? Yes. Yeah.
0: This it's, is like a flute player only problem. No I think. one
1: else would know, but if you're not blowing faster than the wind, then you can't create sound. So you end up blowing like so hard that normally the flute wouldn't even, but that's just how you have to do it. But I remember my mom was standing beside me with a book, like by my face. <laughs> okay. To block the wind <laughs> so that I could play. So that you could
0: make a sound. Like terribly. Yes. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's... I'm sure everyone was like, mm, she's professional? Cause yeah. <laughs> well, and it's really off putting, I find. The second you're 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 playing the you know you're blowing in the way that you're expecting a sound to be created and literally no sound comes out at all and then your brain goes into panic mode because it's like what's happening like and that, so then you start doing other things to try and make the sound come out which are not going to be effective at all and well it just
1: yeah I figured spirals. out that if I blow really hard then the sound would come out but then the wind would like die down for a second and then wow and then you're playing quadruple four out of control squeaking (laughs) and
0: it's just a really delightful beautiful (laughs) non-distracting
1: music for the bride i played one wedding that was in like a thunderstorm on nose hill i didn't even know these people and we marched up to the top and i don't know she must have been like a quite a free spirit because she was like I'm doing this. I'm getting married in this thunderstorm. Yeah. And her whole family held, there was like five umbrellas created a cocoon around me who was like playing the flute and stuff. why it's things we do when yeah, we're young. I mean, so stupid. Yeah. Desperate times. <laughs> we're just like, just say no. Yeah, It's time to say no. Yes.
0: PSA. <laughs> yeah. Just I'm don't sorry. play outdoor yeah. weddings. Next up, Sarah and I talk about performing when we're sick. Oh. With some, you know, physical ailments.
1: I remember playing planets with CPO, and I was really sick, and my sound just went away. It was like just air, articulated air, coming on my flute, like in all those. Yes. (laughs) I was was just too sick to make a sound. (laughs) Time I had a recital as an undergraduate, I would have diarrhea, and I had to play the whole recital. Knowing that I'm in this beautiful dress that I spent like two hundred dollars on and I have serious diarrhea. (laughs) Seriously serious diarrhea. And that I mean you no one wants that to happen. That kind of (laughs) malfunction. And I never like malfunctioned, but God, it's gross. It's just that's just not managing your stress very
0: well. Right. (laughs) Nerves unfortunately
1: yeah exactly get the pals moving (laughs) they really do (laughs) get them moving way too good
0: yes (laughs) my favorite performance being sick was with yo-yo ma so the orchestra hired yo-yo ma to come and play it's like a once in a lifetime i can't imagine he'll ever come back and play with the calgary philharmonic orchestra maybe never say never but it was one of those things where I wanted to be there, and I—I I was just. This is pre-pandemic. I was so sick, just so like, just a horrible chest cold. It was probably like almost bronchitis, and yeah. And they—they they even let me miss the first rehearsal because I was so sick, like I couldn't even get out of bed. But the next day, I was like, "I'm going, and I'm playing. I'm playing this." <laughs> and I'll never forget it. Yo-Yo Ma walks out onto stage and looks right at at me and says, "How are you feeling? Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to have that kind of attention. And I was like,
1: I'm fine, thank You're you, <laughs> Like Living the Dream. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's all these beautiful it was the Dvorak cello concerto, I think, and there's all these beautiful like cello and flute like little duets and moments together. So I'm and it and it was recorded live on the internet. It's out there. It's like on YouTube somewhere you can find it seeing me perform really sick. But yeah, I'm I in the end I'm really glad I got the opportunity because it was like it was enjoyable to do and I got to like listen to this legend and he's and he was such a nice man and such a good player. Did you feel
1: like you were still able to like um like play the way you wanted to and have the experience that you wanted to? I mean
0: no not even close not even close but nothing horrifically went wrong I was like okay all the notes came out they all sounded yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) you know maybe it wasn't my most glorious sound or intonation or anything like that because I don't know, when I'm sick, I just feel like I have no control over what I'm doing on my mm. instrument at all. But um, but yeah, so that was that was my favorite one. I don't know what it is about nerves that make your nose start to run. Mm. I don't know if this happens to you. Maybe I just all your bodily fluids.
1: <laughs> it my nose does not run. Okay.
0: Always, just like my nose, I'd be playing the piano and I, there's nothing you can do. You, you've got both hands <laughs> occupied and it just, you know, glistening... Droplets of snot oh, dropping from my
1: nose <laughs> like onto, on, my hands, on onto my hands, onto my
0: lap. Like the flute, just having to kind of like take a second to sort of like lick it with your tongue, so oh, that it doesn't oh, <laughs> God. Look, it's just so
1: gross. Just like in a daycare, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's
0: like a snotty toddler because you can't. Normally, you would just stop and blow your nose, you know, but there's nothing you can do in the middle of a performance. It just runs. So, this is post-pandemic, the first time I was just getting over a cold, and so I, like, took, you know, the strongest cold meds you could possibly take before this performance, and it had sort of like a chest expectorant in it, so I hadn't been having coughing attacks with whatever cold this was, but the chest expectorant, like, just, like, activated and brought out this chest cough, and I... I was so embarrassed to even cough at all because I just thought there'd be so much judgment coming my way because of the pandemic. There would be. So I literally (laughs) got up. This was in the performance. I literally got up and left (laughs) because I was like, okay, I have just enough time. Like you left the stage? I left the stage. I snuck off. And I, it wasn't a it was a like a like a Christmas sort of pops show so oh, okay. I wasn't the center of attention like I, it was dark enough that I could kind of sne- be incognito and I snuck <laughs> off the stage and like let out this huge coughing attack and then the piece ended and I thought I could sneak in in enough time <laughs> cuz the next piece started with a flute solo but I did not sneak back in in time and so the entire audience witnessed me like <laughs> Unnoticed, but it was just an, a pregnant pause of me walking back on stage, and I had just had like a such a bad coughing attack, and then we had to start the next piece with this like extremely delicate flute solo, and I just had like tears streaming down my face, just because of the. not because I, I mean I was also embarrassed, but it was mostly from the coughing attack, and I mean I got through it, but yeah. And then the conductor came up to me after. He said, "Are you okay?" And I, I thought you were going to puke. <laughs> So no, it was just some coughing, and I didn't want to do I'm it on stage. I'm just afraid of the judgment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, what? What have we become? Oh, anyways. Oh my God, that's that. so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a cough attack in the middle of the Chopin piano concerto to the point where after David was like, "Are you all right?" Oh, I hate when that happens because I... I was sitting there just like tears. <sighs> And you're choking and you're fighting. And I was like, it's a hundred bars to the flute solo. And I knew that I couldn't (laughs) possibly play the flute solo now. Without coughing. Yeah. Even if I did. It was one of those coughs where it like would start and then I would cough until I (laughs) threw up. (laughs) You know, like, I was like, this has to get under control in the next hundred bars. Because the flute solo in that one, like... Starts and then it's only the flute, like that goes into the next session or section. So without it, it's just like a big hole. Yeah, nothing. Nobody
0: you cannot really do without it. Yeah. Oh my
1: god. Yeah. yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. I wish I could have left the stage. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so embarrassing. <Yeah. laughs> it was a Beethoven symphony with Roberto Minchak conducting and. You know, a, a climax I can't remember which symphony it was, but a climax it was of symphony the piece. number nine.: Oh you remember. So I it do. was the ninth symphony, and there's a big, you know, big crescendo up to a big climax with like a grand pause, which means everybody in the orchestra stops for dramatic effect for just a second before coming in on some like huge, you know, climactic chord. <laughs> yeah, and somebody in the audience had the loudest sneeze right in that rest. That I've ever heard you remember it was-
1: I do you know I've thought about that moment so many times Cause, <laughs> first of all because minchuk was just like
0: pissed. he was fear the look on it if it looks could kill that man would have instantly because
1: it, well, it just ruined ruined it, it. <laughs> but it was also so over the top that sneeze nice. it was like it was like a cartoon old lady like, ah, like, <laughs> it
0: was like yeah It was like, yeah, it was, it eclipsed the sound of the entire orchestra.
1: So don't you wonder if someone did that on purpose? I,
0: it's, it's, if they did, they must've rehearsed it many times. I mean, that was.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, it
0: just was ridiculous. It was timed so well, but I mean, the entire orchestra started laughing. You could see every shoulder like going up and down. And so you could see the progression on Roberto's face where he was like, furious about it and then he looked around and saw everyone this is all happening in like a split second and then he looks around and sees everyone laughing and then he kind of his the corners of his lips turn up and he almost starts chuckling and then he just like you know kind of accepted the situation and just brought us in as epic, you know epically as he always does and yeah. then off we did finish the symphony but that was my i think that was my favorite sneeze of all time how
1: embarrassed would you be <laughs>
0: I don't know. They were pretty unabashed about it. I feel like that I, person but probably I mean, wasn't embarrassed at all. How disconnected are you? Yeah. Come
1: on. Like, <laughs> if I ever did something in like a orchestra hall, like, can you imagine? Yeah. I'm just watching the LA Phil and I personally have done something enough to piss off the conductor and make him
0: <laughs> angry. It's bad enough on stage to, to have a little like, thing to like be that. Yeah,
1: that person. <laughs>
0: uh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a memorable one. Next up are some stories that are just plain embarrassing. So I was auditioning for the principal flute job for Regina. And at the time, I was, like, fairly fresh out of school and had done, like, a couple of auditions. And um, in my mind, like, this was my job. Like, I was going to win this job. Um, So I go, and in orchestra auditions you know there's multiple rounds and this was the first time i had advanced far enough that the screen came down and i got to see who was out there and for some reason no one had prepared me this for this i didn't expect it there was like maybe 14 or 15 people sitting out on the panel and i had never experienced that and i was just it threw me off like i just thought like i got really scared so who knows what came out of my flute anyways it's not an excuse I digress. So after that round, I think there was three of us who had played that round. And then we're all sitting in the back room, like waiting to hear the results of that round, you know, and chatting. It's a Canadian audition. We all kind of know each other. We're friendly. We're getting to know each other, you know, and it's, it's just taking a really long time you know and after a while like we're starting to make comments like you know what's taking so long you know kind of thing and i don't know why i said this but i said to these two other flu players like oh we were all just so good they couldn't decide and like seconds later they came out and cut only me
1: (laughs) i do remember you telling me this (laughs) it's like the most
0: one of the most embarrassing moments of am Like, uh, why did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's good to not get too cocky at these, the at the these things. The slap of God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going to audition for a university. And for whatever reason, like, the head of the school was there. I guess maybe he was on the audition panel. And I walked in and he said, oh, you didn't want to go to the conservatory in Paris? And I just, I was so thrown off by that question because I didn't even know about the conservatory in Paris at that time. Same thing, 17 year old kid. I don't know anything about anything. I wasn't, I didn't grow up in a musical family that knows these things. And I just said, oh, it's too expensive. And he said, oh, but it's free. And then I, just like, I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know to say as if I would have gotten into the conservatory in Paris at that time being that naive and unprepared but yeah next up equipment fails
1: I one time had a microphone almost take out my flute okay it felt like a microphone was up on a stand they whoever had set up that it was for that um stampede horse gig or something yeah. yeah and they had set up this whole I don't know, like a raised platform above the seats in roundup or roundup center, I think. And it was treacherous. The whole thing was like plywood on some scaffolding. And then I was sitting there and my flute was on its stand and a microphone fell and just like hit the floor. And it came within an inch of my flute, like just smashing it to bits. And I know. How did you react? Well, it happened, So it was one of those things where you're just looking at it and then you realize that your flute isn't smashed so relieved, but also pissed. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Who set this up? Water in the Keys is the worst, especially, I feel, Calgary's dry. So it doesn't happen here very often. And then you go to any humid place and it happens all the time and you're not, you're not checking. You're not ready. You're not prepared yeah. to even not make that mistake because it's something that just doesn't happen here. I had, one time I had my piccolo was like, half unsealing but it would only do it sometimes as they do when there's like a piece of lint in the mechanism or Mm -hmm. something stupid and i had to play this solo like a bunch of quiet long c's in a row of course it was the week that like lorna mcgee was here playing principal (laughs) and i'm piccolo on this little solo and the piccolo just started extreme malfunction like in the dress rehearsal and it just it was like dropping octaves splitting squeaking it sounded like it was completely (laughs) incompetent (laughs) and and i was like closing the keys and i could see these big gaps and i'm like oh my god it just broke and um so in the concert i just played gwen's piccolo okay and then and then it like whatever was in the mechanism just fell out and so no one else could recreate that so it really just looked like
0: Like, you just were completely incompetent. Just freaking couldn't
1: play it. I was like, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's my
0: flute, I swear. It's my pickle. My pickle is
1: broken. And then Gwen tries it. She's like, "Mm, you can play mine if it will help. (laughs) And it did.
0: This is a good reason to have good relationships with your colleagues. Oh, God, it's just embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) The time that I played Penny Whistle for Lord of the Rings... So I was supposed to play Piccolo, all those Hobbit solos or whatever. And the composer was from, he must've been from Ireland. He was very passionate. And I remember thinking like, oh, okay. Yeah. He sounds like, like he really wouldn't, he really knew Irish music. And he was like, not having it. This could not be done on Piccolo. It need to be done on Penny Whistle. So I was excused from rehearsal to drive to Long McQuay to buy Penny Whistles in the appropriate keys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the Penny Whistles there are, maybe eight bucks a whistle like we're not talking about high quality instruments here brought them back to the orchestra started playing them in the orchestra they sounded so bad so quiet so out of tune and he was like don't worry we're gonna work this out I'm like, oh my god and even gwen was like i don't think you should play those let's just do it like, i know it's not like I'm trying to make this work, you know? Yeah. So I ended up realizing that because the penny whistles were so crappy, I had to take pliers and break the mouthpieces off them. That's how I could tune them because <laughs> someone had glued it on like too far down. Okay. So the whole thing was out of tune with itself. <laughs> Anyways. That's be- really brilliant actually that you well, able to figure honestly, out. Well, honestly, it sounded so bad that there was like a solution had to be found besides just embarrassing myself mm-hmm. really terribly. Because in rehearsal, they were so quiet. That only really the people really close to me could hear that it was terrible. Okay. And it should not be heard. But in the next rehearsal, they mic them. So <laughs> it had to be solved before then. But the problem was because the penny whistles were so cheap, like sometimes for reasons unknown, certain fingerings would just cause the whistle to squeak okay. horribly. <laughs> Horribly squeak, and it didn't matter how much I practiced, it's just sometimes the whistle just squeaked and sounded horrible. So, luckily, it didn't actually happen in any of the concerts, but it happened in the rehearsals, it happened at home, practicing all the time. It was just so stressful the penny whistle thing. So, it was like an almost, I guess. Yeah, an almost. It was, I mean, professionally, it was embarrassing. By the time the concerts happened, everyone was like, oh, wow, you know, listen to those penny, I'm like, yeah, you don't know how much I practiced the penny whistles in three days, (laughs) hours more than I ever practiced the flute. And it was like two eight bar solos. That's it. I actually bought $25 penny whistles in case that ever happens to me again. (laughs) Because the, the $25 penny whistles don't squeak and All they right. don't sound like crap. Yeah. You
0: should tour the world with just, you should record a penny whistle uh, album.
1: I did for, um, I recorded a little number for TikTok. Okay. Yeah. You did? Yeah, with Rachel. Oh, I got to say. Okay. I don't yeah, know how to use TikTok.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, getting off that. Next up, memory fails.
1: When first time I first started playing in on the flute, I played with um, a couple of the kids who were in academy here who were quite good and myself was playing the Mozart on Dante and I probably forgot 80 oh, <laughs> percent <laughs> it was just like every single entry missed it yeah couldn't remember the notes like it was like one of those like air flute things where it's so bad like, it's <laughs> just painful to what like when you're watching someone yes. do that you're like
0: oh my god so uncomfortable
1: someone give her the music yeah. <laughs> She she didn't. She's not ready. Um, It was just so bad. And then the two kids in Academy were so good that it was, it really colored my experience. It was quite negative. (laughs) Aw. Yeah. And then the next time, Oh, I, i'm sure i still had memory slips the biggest memory slip that i remember though was when i i obviously improved at my uh my kiwanis playing because i made it to the national finals and i won and then i had to play in the final concert which cbc decided to record and on my program i had the iber concerto and the burton Sonatina, and the adjudicator right away was like play the iber and i was like absolutely not like I never want to play that thing again. Yeah. I'm always afraid that I'm going to forget it. Cause it's like the most random notes. I'm going to play the Burns on a Cause this is way outside of my like diarrhea. Let's talk about yeah. it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there was plenty of sickness oh. where I was there. And, uh, so I get to the final and I'm playing in this like huge confederation center for the arts and all you can see in these big stages, it's like Jubilee. Like you can't see the audience the way they had the lights. You could only see like CBC's microphone and nothing else because you were supposed to play by memory. And it was a competition amongst the winners of each discipline, which I decided like I had completely just removed myself. I'm like, I'm not here to compete. <laughs> yeah. Some the violence was playing Sibelius and I was playing Burton. So it's yeah, not, it's... it's just not a competition. Right. It, anyways, yeah. even if I had played e yeah. it's like, come on. You're playing a flute. It's a violin. It's not the same. But anyways, I was playing the Burton, and I remember in the third movement, I just had a complete memory slip of two bars. Just didn't play two bars. I just heard the accompaniment go by, and then it came back in. Didn't have any more memory slips. It, that's got to be like the most terrifying moment of my life. Not really, but up until that point.
0: Of your performance
1: life, perhaps. Oh, my God, yeah. yes. Yeah. Because, what was I, like 20 And I had almost made it through without screwing anything up, which was the only goal at that age. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) To to remember it. But that was a huge one. Yeah. I'm sure my mother's heart stopped. (laughs)
0: Yeah. But you recovered.
1: I, yeah, but I don't know how or why. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, but it was big.
0: Um, I was preparing for one of those like really big competitions where you have to do like five rounds of repertoire and mm-hmm. have it all memorized and and just not very much experience memorizing anything. So I set up like a little <clears throat> recital for just like friends and family to sort of test my memory. And yeah, I, I I literally just couldn't even get through one of the pieces. I think it was also Bach. And I just... I stopped and started probably four times and oh. just like looked at the music and tried again and then looked at the music. And I was like, I just finally said, sorry, everybody, I just can't finish this. And we just <laughs> moved on to the next piece. I mean, at least it was mostly people just that I knew, but yeah, it's not exactly a professional level of, <laughs> <laughs> of performance.
1: You could have just played it with the music.
0: I should have. I, I could have, I guess, but I just gave For up. the friends I think and I family. was just, yeah, I was just <laughs> defeated at that point. Yeah. Next are some times that we've been requested to do some unusual or difficult things.
1: I had like zero work. I had just graduated from school, zero work, like the bottom of anybody's awareness. And so I think literally everyone was busy on a certain weekend and Robert Aitken was coming to Calgary to play. And my husband at the time was a flute player also and he was supposed to play this new music duet with Robert Aitken. And and I begged him like let me do it um, and he agreed because he didn't really want to learn it or whatever and I, I started reading the music and started reading the fine print on the bottom and it was like play this on the foot joint play this on the body play this on the head joint upside down like <laughs> it was crazy and it took me months to learn how to play like shakuhachi style every piece of my flute I could play because the flute was slowly like built over the course of the piece so you'd leave pieces of your flute all around the stage and then play each piece and then slowly build it together <laughs> so I get to the first rehearsal with Robert Aiken and he's like oh you can actually play this we normally cancel this no one can ever play this <laughs> I was like, why did you choose this then this just took me months. I mean, so we went ahead and did it, but that was unexpected. Unexpected. Yeah.
0: My first experience with professional orchestra was with Vancouver Symphony playing the piccolo with Bramwell Tovey, rest in peace, conducting. And I don't think it was our very first concert, but it was like one of the first few, and I'm not a very confident piccolo player, and so it was like a kids show, or an education show, or something, and often they'll do sort of, you know, um, demonstrations of the instruments for the kids who've never heard them before, and it just without any, you know, no one had warned me, I'd never done anything like this before, Bramwell Toby, like, points to the flute sections and says, what is the highest note on the piccolo? Let's hear it! (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know piccolo, like it's very hard to play just the highest note on the piccolo without being warmed up, without any lead up, you know, especially if you're not a confident piccolo player. And I just, I like, oh, you know, took a deep breath and it just was like, <clears throat> like no, nothing came out, nothing came out at all. I tried it like a few times, just like, oh you know, like just, oh, and I'm, you know, I'm brand new. I don't even really have the job. I was just there on a very short term basis, you know, <laughs> And I'm just trying to like do my best, and I thought, oh gosh. So, I mean, luckily, we repeated that show, and like from the, henceforward, I would play just like a lower note that sounded oh. very high on the piccolo that was easy to play that I knew would come out because, yeah, that was, yeah, very embarrassing. I did not find it funny at all at the time. I just found it like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I just want to just like give you a hug yeah. and be like, shh. Yeah. It's yeah, okay. So <laughs> So one of the funniest things to orchestra musicians is when somebody plays in a rest. So somebody plays where they're not supposed to play or takes a nice big breath and plays with a nice big sound. Is this something that uh, you've ever witnessed or has happened to you?
1: I've witnessed it. I've never done it. Mm. I've never done it. Never! Ever. Not like... No. Not that I remember. I would remember. Okay. You know, to me, that is like... (laughs) my worst nightmare when things like, you know, when the orchestra's playing like, like huge fortes and then two bars of complete silence. If I am not a hundred percent sure what I'm doing, I just don't play. Yeah. Because I just cannot, I would be so embarrassed. Like I know it'd be funny to everybody else, but humiliating, but I, know. I would just be like, yeah. <laughs> so embarrassed. And with flute, it's not even like you could blame other people. Like, I
0: don't think in any instrument it's usually pretty obvious. No, yeah. You're right. (laughs) right. It's pretty. It's
1: I've never done it. I've seen it and every time I'm like, so glad that wasn't me. Yeah, no, I
0: mean, yeah. For me I think there's been times where I've like literally not played a solo because I was worried it was in the wrong place. And then there's just a giant hole where nobody plays at all because so I've done the reverse play in a That's neat. And the conductor cues you like a few times very aggressively. And like, I'm lost
1: now't <laughs> yeah. no, know what and, yeah to do. should yeah. I start at the beginning or yeah in the middle where we are now
0: <laughs> next up are some orchestra pit fails. I don't even remember what opera this was, but we were <clears throat> playing in the pit performance, and even in rehearsal, there was a section that I wasn't a hundred percent sure what the conductor was doing, but like we got through it well enough that. I was like, okay, I think I know what to do there. And and then it comes time for the performance. And I don't know what I I just misinterpreted whatever gesture the conductor made and very confidently just came in completely wrong. Like I, I just like butchered the rhythm, the, the the I think I went like double time or something. Or something. But the way I came in was like in a really leading, like confident way. And so it just, it threw everybody else around me so off that it was like literally what you heard was like, boop, bump, bit, bit. and then just nothing for, for like a whole bar because everybody got lost the whole section. I'm surprised they didn't wins. just restart. I, I think he, the conductor just saved it. And like, I think it took a couple bars later, like the next section sort of starts. So like everybody just came in and went on, but it was just like, beep, pop, boop, Nothing. Okay, back to the opera. I felt so bad. I went and, like, apologized to the conductor at the break, and he just joked. He, like, pointed to his arm and was like, oh, I, just, I thought maybe my arm was malfunctioning or something. Just, just my brain. Yeah. No, no it's just me. <laughs> just me. Oh, there was another opera where instead of, like... So in opera, usually, they, like, very clearly mark all the rests. So even if you're resting for 10 minutes you know where you are in the music. But this opera, the, the composer just wrote tacit, which means you just don't play it for like an undetermined amount of time. Mm-hmm. And they were very long tacits. So like we would bring books. This I mean, we don't do this anymore. But I got really like involved in the book that I was reading and sort of forgot where I was you know and of course the tacit had ended and i was still just reading my book and then you know i see this like frantic waving of arms somewhere in the in the distance but it didn't register for way too long that is because i completely missed my entry and was just wasn't playing for started getting some elbows from the people around me and like that's when they time stopped allowing play. books yes now we just aren't just have to sit there and wait <laughs> <laughs> it's very unprofessional Well, thanks for listening to our first ever episode of Classic Mistake, The Sarahs, with myself and Sarah McDonald. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me in this crazy adventure, and we hope to uh, have you all back for our next episode.